0: Come back to Held and Healed. This podcast is a resource filled with resources to help you on your healing journey, especially for women who are rebuilding their lives after abuse. I want to draw your attention to a couple of things that we have going on at the moment. Um, we participated in our first Great Community Give this week, which is a local nonprofit that raises funds for nonprofits. So isn't that a cool concept? I've always considered myself a caregiver of caregivers and in essence that's what the community foundation does through the great community give. So we had a goal of ten thousand dollars and we got halfway to our goal which is really pretty impressive for our first year participating. We kind of went in um, with no real strategy um, <laughs> and there is a strategy to this particular fundraiser so I have some things to implement for next year and I will um call together a whole team of people to help me, but we are very grateful for that $5,000 that was raised, which really allows us with the Honor Project movement to continue serving survivors for the next two months. So we are super grateful. We also have a goal by the end of April to raise the remainder of that $10,000. so if you would love to help us see our miracle unfold if you have the ability to help if you are not in a position right now to to give financially please do not feel obligated but if you do have um the means and the resources just hop over to honorprojectmovement.org and click on the donate tab and help us reach our goal so um that was a big that was a big event for this week um Honor Project Movement is a nonprofit that we launched last June, which is helping to meet some very practical needs for survivors. The thing that I get asked almost every single day, certainly multiple times a week, is for help with coaching and counseling resources. And we've just decided that that's gonna be one of our main focuses. And so to be economically, Effective, we we choose to do groups for those coaching and counseling opportunities. So we can get three women through at a time with the DV crisis response groups. We can get ten women through at a time with Deborah Doakes' uh, divorce financial freedom. Uh, sorry, financial foundations group. So, a lot of times, coaching or counseling can be anywhere from sixty to a hundred to two hundred dollars per session. And by doing the groups we're we're getting three to ten women through at a time, and so we're really grateful to Megan from Mountain City Christian Counseling to Deborah Doke for working with us and helping to create these group opportunities. We also do probably once a month or so we do a grocery shower for a mom mama who's in transition so um, a lot of women in our held and Hill community um, are eligible for some state and government benefits but there is a lot of times a transition and from leaving the unsafe place to getting set up in a new place and maybe benefits like food stamps and things like that haven't kicked in yet so sometimes we provide either a gift card for someone who's not local or we actually provide food boxes for women who are local and it's some shelf stable items and then I will stop at a grocery store and pick up fresh produce, a fresh loaf of bread, things like that. And that way, if she's in a hotel or staying with someone in transition, she has some food to get her and her kiddos through a week. Uh, We also are excited to do our annual Mother's Day blessings and goodie bags for local mamas. And we're gearing up to bless 20 local mamas and we've reached out and individuals and businesses have donated items for those. And each mama will receive this goodie bag with treasures. It's just to help her feel seen. Um, A lot of these local moms have littles who don't have the means to go shopping. And so this is a way that mama can be honored on Mother's Day. Her kids can see her open these gifts and know that someone is thinking of her. And hopefully that's giving the example to those children that their mom is worthy. So, we have adult coloring books and colored pencils and journals and homemade goat's milk soap and lotion bars and lip balms and gift cards for a local um, ice cream place and a local smoothie um, establishment. And someone is making little scrunchies that have zippers where you can actually put little treasures inside the. Scrunchy. We have someone making homemade earrings. Um, I don't want to forget anybody. I know I am. Oh, we're going to do mugs with hot chocolate and tea bags. And we have the Starbucks little um, frappuccinos that you refrigerate just as a treat that she can have at home. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting. Oh, we have beautiful uh, note cards and notepads made by a local artist um, what am I forgetting? I feel like there's a couple other things. So I'm really, really excited to be able, oh, someone, um, that has one of those Cricut machines made these cute little keychain charm things. So I'm really excited to be able to meet up with these women, um, the day before Mother's Day, give them their goodie bags, um, and bless them. So those are just some of the projects we have going on. There are obviously so many more needs because our group, held and healed has over 3,400 ladies in it. So you can guess that with that many people in one place, the needs are great. And so of course I get requests often for other things that we are not able to help with at this time, but the more funds that are released, the more people that we can help. So I have learned in life to under promise over deliver And I've also learned to do a few things well and not spread ourselves so thin that we're not keeping up with the things that we promised. So for right now, the coaching groups, the counseling groups, the Mother's Day blessings, Christmas blessings, grocery showers, those are some of our main focuses. And as we have the means to do more, we will absolutely branch out from there. So that's just a little update. So if you would like to donate, go to honorprojectmovement.org and click the give or donate button. And it is tax deductible, also fee free because it's through a a certain platform that does not deduct a fee. And um, we would just be honored to partner with you. So that was one big thing that happened this week. And in the midst of that, strangely enough, um something happened within me and I actually spent a pretty much a full day in bed this week weeping. (laughs) So, um, I'm not going to go into the details of why, but I want to talk today about the healing, the healing benefits of tears. Okay. Because we have culturally, um, been told a lot of things about tears. And it has become a gendered thing so that, you know, in some settings it's okay for women to cry, but not for boys or men to cry, which is just absolutely ridiculous. There are so many health benefits of tears. And so a little bit of backstory on me and who I am. If I do not have a good cry, and when I say a good cry, I just mean like five or 10 minutes. Okay. I don't mean like tons and tons and tons of hours of crying. But if I don't have a good cleansing cry five to 10 minutes, at least a couple times a month, then I actually get very concerned about my mental health. So that's just me. I am extremely empathetic. I feel things deeply. I can be watching a show. I tend to gravitate towards dramas and shows about first responders, law enforcement, people that create community and found families, chosen families that maybe don't have the family of origin, the biological family. I relate all. Oh, I relate to that. So I am ten, I tend to be drawn to um, dramas of that nature where there's a lot of character development. There's a lot of relational connections, people looking out for each other, having each other's backs, not necessarily agreeing on everything, but they care deeply about each other, right? And so I will find that sometimes I release tears that way. Obviously, the world that we live in and the type of work that I do working with survivors, I will release tears in hearing stories and listening to people just share bits and pieces of their journey. Um, There's nothing like knowing that your kids are hurting and struggling. That is a place that I will weep and weep and weep is when I'm concerned about my, my sons and their well-being. And then, you know, the grief and the sorrow and the loss that so many survivors have experienced. And so this week was like a, com- just a complete combination of loss and grief and sorrow just whacked me in the face. Seemingly out of nowhere, I was reliving tremendous amounts of betrayal, loss, grief, sorrow, agony, <laughs> things that have been said to me, done to me, and the lack of care because it hit me very hard again this week how few people that were a part of my life eight years ago stepped in when I became so physically ill that I couldn't function, how few people showed up when I was separated, when I was going through the hell of DV by proxy and divorce and Losing my faith community and betrayal of close, what I thought to be close friends and family members, and how few people showed up to support me, how different organizations that I used to volunteer for and prop up did not reach out to me, did not help me, did not offer me a hand. Instead, they kept asking me for things and I couldn't even function. I couldn't even get off the couch to do more than go to the bathroom and prepare a quick and easy meal. That's all that I could do in a day. And these organizations that I had volunteered for, some of them for a decade, some for longer, some for four or five, six years, and they just kept asking of me, but they never ever... And I was very public about my journey and my struggles too. It wasn't like there was any um, question that I was going through, especially the physical stuff. So I got wham, bam, just hit in the face hard this week. And I almost off and on for a full day cried, got up, went to the bathroom, blew my nose, got some water, came back to bed, worked for a while, cried, repeat, repeat for a full day. It was exhausting But I realized I hadn't had a cry like that in a really, really long time. And I reached out to just a couple of people that I know would pray and not try to talk me out of it, not try to rationalize, not try to fix it, but would just pray. I actually have a system with a couple of my closest friends who are just very faithful to pray for me. And it's a Purple Heart So maybe you want to establish this with people in your life as a signal so that you don't have to explain, you don't have to talk, you don't have to go through everything. But when I'm having those really hard times or I'm going through something with someone that I care about, I will just send this purple heart. There's about five, six ladies that I can do this with, and they know what it is. And they will not ask questions. They will not pry. They will just pray. Usually within like 24 hours or so, I will get back with them and just say, I'm doing better. Thanks for praying. Sometimes I will share details. Sometimes I won't. And they are the types of women that know that God knows, and they don't have to know all the details. So the Purple Heart is definitely something that I've utilized for probably five or six years, maybe longer. So I just want to talk today and gather, um, some resources for you to share, um, from people who really know what they're talking about. Okay. In the, psychology realm and the mental health realm because I can tell you that this is a good thing but so much of culture especially within churches where there's a lot of spiritual bypassing a lot of toxic positivity a lot of faith over fear go back and listen to my spiritual bypassing and toxic um, positivity episode that talks about how how dangerous that whole faith over fear um, meme is um you just need to trust God. Oh, don't let people have that kind of power over you. Like these are all things that we've heard, but I want to go and tell you today that there are many health benefits to tears. So I am pulling from an article in psychology today, and this is Judith Orloff, who's an MD, and I'm going to read this article, like every word. It's a short article, but it's really good. She says, Learn how tears can benefit you and improve your health. And we're just going to do like a real shift today. Many of us have been told that tears make us weak. Some of us have been told that we use our tears to manipulate. I will tell you, yes, sometimes abusers will do a faux apology and manipulate people with tears. But those of us who have suffered greatly, trust me, when we cry, it's legit, we are crying for a good reason and it's not to manipulate it's it's real so judith writes for over 20 years as a physician i've witnessed time and again the healing power of tears tears are your body's release valve for stress sadness grief anxiety and frustration also you can have tears of joy say when a child is born or tears of relief when a difficulty has passed in my own life i'm grateful when i can cry It feels cleansing, a way to purge pent-up emotions so they don't lodge in my body as stress symptoms, such as fatigue or pain. To stay healthy and release stress, I encourage my patients to cry. For both men and women, tears are a sign of courage, strength, and authenticity. I'm going to read that again. For both men and women, tears are a sign of courage, strength, and authenticity. Like the ocean, tears are saltwater. Productively, sorry, protectively, they lubricate your eyes, remove irritants, reduce stress hormones, and they contain antibodies that fight pathogenic microbes. Our bodies produce three kinds of tears, reflex, continuous, and emotional. Each kind has different healing roles. For instance, reflex tears allow your eyes to clear out noxious particles when they're irritated by smoke or exhaust. The second kind, continuous tears, are produced regularly to keep our eyes lubricated. These contain chemicals that function as an antibacterial and protects our eyes from infection. Tears also travel to the nose through the tear duct to keep the nose moist and bacteria-free. Typically, after crying, our breathing and heart rate decreases and we enter into a calmer biological and emotional state. Emotional tears have special health benefits. Biochemist and tear expert, Dr. William Frey at the Ramsey Medical Center in Minneapolis, Minneapolis discovered that reflex tears are 98% water, whereas emotional tears also contain stress hormones that get excreted from the body through crying. After studying the composition of tears, Dr. Frey found that emotional tears shed these hormones and other toxins that accumulate during stress. Additional studies also suggest that crying stimulates the production of endorphins, our body's natural painkiller, and feel-good hormones. Interestingly, humans are the only creatures known to shed emotional tears, though it's possible that elephants and gorillas do too. Other mammals and also saltwater crocodiles produce reflex tears that are productive and lubricating. Crying makes us feel better, even when a problem persists. In addition to physical detoxification, emotional tears heal the heart. You don't want to hold tears back. Patients sometimes say, please excuse me for crying. I was trying hard not to. It makes me feel weak. My heart goes out to them when I hear this. I know where that sentiment comes from. Parents who were uncomfortable around tears, a society that tells us we're weak for for crying, in particular that powerful men don't cry. I reject these notions. The new enlightened paradigm of what constitutes a powerful man or woman is someone who has the strength and self-awareness to cry. These are the people who impress me, not those who put up some macho front of faux bravado. Try to let go of outmoded, untrue conceptions about crying. It is good to cry. It is healthy to cry. This helps to emotionally clear sadness and stress. Crying is also essential to resolve grief when waves of tears periodically come over us after we experience a loss. Tears help us produce the loss so we can keep living with open hearts, Otherwise, we are set up for depression. When a friend apologized for curling up in a fetal position on my floor, weeping, depressed over a failing romance, I told her, your tears blessed my floor. There is nothing to apologize for. I've been this enthusiastic about crying for years. In fact, during my psychiatric residency, when supervisors and I watched videos of me with patients, they'd point out that I'd smile when a patient cried. That's inappropriate, they'd say. I disagreed then and still do. I wasn't smiling because my patients were depressed or grieving. I was smiling because they were courageously healing depression or other difficult emotions with tears. I was happy with their breakthrough. In my life too, I love to cry. I cry whenever I can. I wish I could cry more. Thank God our bodies have this capacity. I hope you too can appreciate the experience. Let your tears flow to purify stress and negativity. And again, this is an article from Psychology Today, found it online with Judith, sorry Judith Orloff, md the healing benefits of tears and you can just google that and pull that up so i thought that was spectacular um she said so much of what i wanted to say but because she's an md maybe people will take it a little bit more seriously right i feel completely honored when someone feels safe enough with me to let their truest emotions shine through and when she said that your tears bless my floor um I feel, I feel that when someone feels safe enough. So tears are a a way to regulate your nervous system. And I heard someone say once that when you're in a period and a season of grieving a new fresh grief, it's really important to let yourself cry for about 10, 10 minutes a day. So those who are coming out of dangerous and abusive situations those who are experiencing betrayal and and grieving the living people who have chosen to walk away from and have chosen the abuser over them um, the lack of resources financially um, that that was part of my meltdown this week is just the reality of a body that is a bi- biographer okay I, I have stopped saying that my body's betraying me my body is is amazing that it still exists. Okay. It has been through hell on earth. My body has dealt with trauma and abuse from utero on. Okay. And it has held up the best that it could and then entered in all these other weird viruses and things that, you know, a body's just not made to deal with. So it's not betraying me, it's bi- It's a biographer of what I've been through. The trauma, the abuse, the illness, the autoimmune, um, the chronic illness, the CPTSD, like all of that and it is rather amazing that I can get out of bed. It is rather amazing that I can care for myself in basic ways. It is rather amazing that I can work for two or three hours a day because there was a season when I could not do that but anything above and beyond that, I get extremely frustrated. And this week, the wall, I just hit the wall of how am I going to support myself financially for the rest of my life? Like that reality hit me hard with limited health, you know, and limited energy, limited spoons every single day. So, We need to give ourselves grace and we need to allow ourselves to feel. And if you are in a season of new grief, let yourself let her rip for 5-10 minutes a day. Now, does that take spoons? Yes, it takes energy. I get it. Sometimes we just don't have the energy to cry and I understand that. But it is better to let it out incrementally, little bit by little bit, than to hold it in, stuff it down, and have it just overflow the way that it did for me this week. I don't recommend doing that. So maybe you will live at home with people and you don't want them to hear you crying. Get in your car and take a drive and just go somewhere private and wail. Cry in the shower, cry into your pillow, even like screaming and releasing all the frustration and all of the anger and all of the pain and the betrayal is very, very healthy. So if you have a way to do that, (laughs) but I know that if you're living at home with small children or teenagers or somebody else, like it can be very, very challenging. I wrote on April 16 inside of Held and Healed. So just putting a plug in for our group, our survivor group. If you are not part of Held and Healed on Facebook, Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse, please join because I share resources like this Everything that I'm sharing today, you can find inside of Held and Healed. And we discuss nervous system regulation. We discuss, you know, the different forms of abuse. But we want to give you a path forward and growing and healing. So I wrote on April 16th on a post. I said, sometimes I cry during my live videos, which I've done a couple times recently, or while recording a podcast. And ladies reach out to me because my tears concern them. I assure you, for me, crying is healthy. If I go for too long and don't have a good cry, that's when I get concerned. I cry when I'm happy and when I'm sad. I cry when I'm relieved and when I am mad. I am empathetic and I feel deeply. I've learned to accept and embrace tears and I'm so glad that Jesus sees my tears and finds them precious. Of course, crying takes energy or spoons and there are days I just don't have the strength to let them flow. When grieving something that is new or fresh, I've heard the recommendation... Of at least 10 minutes per day that is so comforting to me and then some examples of why crying is healthy and this was a post by anna the anxiety coach and that was also on april 16th if you want to go to her facebook page so this may be some um repeat of the article i just read but it's okay sometimes we need to hear this stuff more than once why is what is crying okay so this is pretty basic I think everybody knows this, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Crying is a natural human response that involves the release of tears from glands near the eyes. Crying often manifests itself in the form of facial expressions, vocalizations, and changing in breathing patterns. Emotional tears are triggered by strong feelings like sadness, grief, joy, and fear. These contain higher levels of stress hormones and pain-relieving substances than other types. Basal tears are a type of tear that keeps your eyes clean, moist, and protected. They contain water, salt, oil, and mucus. We often feel ashamed of crying, but tears are a natural and healthy part of life. Look at seven benefits of crying. So number one, crying supports healthy nerves. Human tears contain nerve growth factor which is a protein crucial for the growth and survival of neurons. Nerve growth factor may help to erase, sorry, may help to ease our mood when we cry. Number two, crying has a soothing effect. Studies have shown that crying may lower stress hormones by actively, sorry, by activating the parasympathetic nervous system, which allows you to relax. Number three, crying creates compassion and enhances social support. Crying may seem like an individual experience, but it actually creates feelings of compassion and empathy in those around you. Crying is a form of attachment behavior. Studies have found that crying rallies support from people close to you. If they're the right people, if they're safe, this is what tears should do. If they are unsafe, dangerous, and abusive people, they're going to mock you and they're going to minimize your pain. So this is all in a circle and a safety place. Number four, crying relieves pain. Emotional tears have been found to contain oxytocin and endorphins, which can ease physical pain, which is why our natural instinct when we get hurt physically is to cry. Number five, crying keeps your eyes clean. Crying is an important function to keep your eyes clean. Tears contain a fluid called lysozyme. I don't know if I'm saying that right, which has powerful antimicrobial properties that kill bacterial bacteria. Number six, crying improves vision. Your eyes produce tears every time you blink. And those basal tears are crucial to keeping your eyes moist and protecting its mucous membranes. When the eyes aren't lubricated enough because of dryness or irritation, dust, pollution, etc., vision becomes blurry. It's just a natural thing that God put in our bodies to protect us physically. Isn't that amazing? Number seven, crying releases stress. You may have noticed that a good cry can make you feel better. Researchers believe that crying might be a system used by the body to reduce levels of stress hormones. Awesome, awesome. That's from Anna, the Anxiety Coach on Facebook, and I do believe she also has an Instagram account. So I'm just going to scroll through. I think there's a couple other posts that I have put here. Um, um, Seven benefits of crying. And this is from also from Anna, the anxiety coach. I think this might be a repeat. All right. Yeah, this is just a repeat of, yeah, she posted this back in October. Okay, I'm going to keep going down. Um, I feel like there was something else I wanted to share that I had put. In here. This is a poem by John Rodell, R O E D E L, and this is so beautiful. This just helps to validate the power and the gift that tears are. John writes if you can still cry, it means you can still breathe. And if you can still breathe, it means that you are still alive. And if you are still alive, it means You still have some work to do, so go ahead and cry for a bit. Each tear is proof of your survival. Each jagged breath you take is evidence of your courage. You may be wounded. You may be discounted, but you are still here. And some days simply still being here despite what the world has done to you is a miracle. You are a miracle. You are a miracle. You are are a miracle my love you are a miracle don't hide your streaking tears they are your badges of salty valor that tell the story how you kept going despite the raging storm we need you so go ahead and cry breathe survive and then go back to being the miracle that you were created to be so you can get back to the holy work of being yourself Oh, that's precious. And the scripture that tells us that God bottles our tears. You know, Jesus came to the place where Mary and, um, oh dear, why did I just forget? The sisters of Lazarus. (laughs) And he, being God and being sovereign and all knowing, knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, and yet he still took time. He still took time to weep. And the scripture that says Jesus wept is very dear to my heart. Um, I shared a meme back in November um, that says, and sometimes life is just hard and some days are just rough. And sometimes you just need to cry before you can move forward. And all of that is okay. Let's take away the shame of crying. I added a PS and said, it's okay to be a puddle on the floor. There's no shame in processing emotions through tears. I do it often. I'm grateful to have more tools in my tool belt to help regulate my nervous system. Yesterday, I shared other ways that helped me regulate, but crying is also a therapeutic method. And this is a quote from Nate Posterweight. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. I love Nate's work. I feel like he just understands. I've never read a single post by Nate that I did not resonate with. And I shared one of his memes back in June of last year. And it said, what so many people need right now is a safe place to fall apart. Not in a tragic way, but like an extended exhale. No advice, no interruptions to your thought process, no list of what's next to heal. A place where you know you are safely held and that by resting you will soon rise. And my notes were, in my therapy session this morning, I said I was overdue for a good cry. For me, crying equals cleansing. I've resisted because I haven't had the energy to cry. But I am deeply a deeply emotional person, and I need a good cry one two times per month. So I'll be setting aside some spoons to cry soon. So if you are a spoonie, and you understand that you have limited amounts of time and energy in a day, then maybe you need to save up some spoons um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else here about crying. Um, I did share a post today. Let me see if I can find it. And it was like some like five, under five minute type resets that you can do to help. Um, and I heard the word exhale and that's why I decided I wanted to share this. So, let me find this. Okay. Five ways to downregulate your nervous system in five minutes. This is also from Anna, the anxiety coach. So, as we're talking about crying, you know, maybe you need some help then once you get up to move on, right? So, she says number one, orient to your body. Notice your posture. Is it slumped, rigid, relaxed? Tune into your heart rate. Is it fast? Is it slow? Notice tension in your body, shoulders, neck, stomach, legs, head, feet. And then explore any resources, internal or external, that create a sense of safety. Maybe a photograph of someone that makes you feel safe. A favorite scent. Certain textures or a soothing sound. So orient your body is number one. Number two, the physiological sigh. And this is something I did this morning. And this is really you can do pretty much anywhere. You may want to step aside so that you're not in front of people when you do it. But this is really a powerful exercise. So you inhale through your nose once and pause. Then you inhale again through your nose. Then you exhale through your mouth for six to eight seconds. And you repeat that two to three times. So physiological sigh, inhale through your nose once, pause, pause. Inhale through your nose again, pause, exhale, six to eight seconds, I'm gonna do it again. Inhale through your nose once, pause, inhale through your nose again, pause, exhale through your mouth for six to eight seconds. And that is one way that you can help to regulate. And then I invited ladies in the group today to do the next suggestion is hunt for glimmers. So glimmers are the opposite of triggers. And I'm going to be doing a whole episode soon about gratitudes and um, goodness glimmers. So glimmers are the opposite of triggers. They are certain things in your environment that create a sense of safety, connection, and calm. Your glimmers can be anything from seeing an authentic smile, observing nature, certain people, places, and things. Create a list of five glimmers and go on a treasure hunt today, searching for as many as you can find. And so I put on there smiles, laughter, hugs, chirping birds, and excited puppy dogs. So those are the five glimmers that I'm looking for today. Opposite of triggers. So that's another way to help ground yourself. Social engagement. Humans have evolved to regulate through social engagement with others. Send a text to a friend. Call someone you trust. Organize a picnic or hangout. Do a group class or activity. Join a local group. Cold exposure. Cold lowers sympathetic activation and causes a shift towards increased parasympathetic activity. So you can do 10 to 30 seconds of a cold shower so i was talking to one of my medical health providers recently and she says what she does is she just after her regular temperature shower she just gradually turns back the temperature just in increments so that by the end of her shower she's actually being submerged in cold water i have got it to the point where it's kind of tepid i haven't gone all the way to cold but you can kind of ease into that submerge your face in cold water run your wrists under cold. Um, she actually said it's better. I don't know. I don't remember her reasoning, but she said the face is better than the hands or a cold pack on your chest, neck or face. So that was Anna, the anxiety coach. And it's a post she put out 18 hours ago. So yesterday, I guess, five ways to downregulate your nervous system in five minutes or less. Orient your body have the physiological sigh, hunt for glimmers, social engagement. <laughs> I need to pull this up again. Cold exposure. I feel like we missed one. What did we miss? Was that only four? Hunt for glimmers. Okay, so great, great suggestions. Because we don't just want to like say, okay, here's the problem. We always, always, always want to offer you resources for solutions and healing so I hope that this has encouraged you today, wherever you are. Maybe you are in a place where you have not cried in a very, very long time. So I would encourage you to get with your therapist and talk with someone about why. Why am I in this place? Why am I not able to cry? Is it because I've been told that crying makes me weak? If Is it because I've been told that crying makes me a manipulator? Is it because I've been told that crying is a waste of time? And then go back and listen to this podcast again if you need to hear the truth about what the purpose of tears are and why God created our bodies to function in this way. And why Jesus, if he knew that his his buddy was going to be raised from the, from the dead, why did he, quote unquote, waste his time grieving and weeping? Well, because his friend was dead in that very moment. His friend was, was dead and he was entering in and empathizing and feeling the agony of the people around him because that's our king, that's our savior, that's our God. He doesn't just live in this lofty place looking down upon us with disdain and contempt and he's not embarrassed by us. It doesn't bother him when we cry. The word of God says that he stores our tears in bottles. Like our tears are precious to our savior. So I invite you today to just... Ask God to help you cry. I know, is that a weird thing? (laughs) And to help your tears to be healing. And I'm not saying that we should stay in that place for days or weeks on end. Although, depending on what you're going through, this may be a season where you will weep a lot more than other seasons. But get with a therapist. If your therapist is bothered by or uncomfortable with you crying, You probably need a new therapist. If your therapist is telling you not to cry when you just occasionally, you know, get emotional in a session, that is a really big red flag to me. Now, if they want to help you regulate and they want you to come back into the present moment and they want to soothe you and calm you and help you walk through, that's absolutely different than saying just don't cry. So, I come to you completely transparent and authentic in saying that I had a hard, hard day this week. I wept and wept to the point that I had a raging headache. I was utterly exhausted. I barely ate that day. I probably only drank about half the water that I should have, which when you're crying a lot, you actually need to hydrate more because duh, you know, (laughs) hydration So I did not do the best in taking care of myself that particular day, but I did reach out to friends. I did ask people to pray for me and the next day I felt completely different. Those emotions have to go somewhere and... I pray that you can have the luxury, because for some of us it is a luxury to cry. I pray that you have someone that you can send the Purple Heart to and explain, hey, when you get this from me, I don't have the energy, the strength, and maybe I don't have permission to share what's going on, but I just need you to pray. No questions asked. Just pray for me. So, um, yeah, I hope this has been encouraging and maybe enlightening please jump into held and healed and find more amazing resources like the ones that I've shared today. Also check out on our ProjectMovement.org if you're able to give any amount. Every amount is, is just precious to us. God, God knows the hearts of the people who give to us. And some people may be able to give $5 and some people may be able to give that $5,000. So whatever you're able to do, if you're not able to give, we understand that, but you can still share. You can share about Honor Project Movement. You can share about Held and Healed with people who maybe do have the means. And you never know. Um, We were doing our Giving Tuesday back in whenever that is. Is that a December event? And one of our dear friends posted on her social media about Honor Project Movement. And someone randomly out of just out of nowhere sent us $2,000 anonymously. You just never know. You never know who you know that may have the means. So I pray that this has blessed you, encouraged you, and helped you on your healing journey. And I pray that you will feel held even as you are being healed.